Coming to you from 8122 Production Studios in the heart of the 607, this is Horror Zone 607. Like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter. And remember, you can always join the conversation using hashtag HZ607. It's that time of the week again. It's Horizon 607. We are coming to you from the 8122 Production Studios. I'm your host, Mike C. We got a big show for you this week. We got a lot of fun. We got some news. We got the big finale of the top 30 horror movie scores of all time. So that's coming up later in the show. But we can't do the show without introducing the team here. With me, just to my right, as he is each and every week. And if you want to meet him... He will be available for autographs and for pictures next weekend at the Catalina Wine Mixer. He's rich. Of course, it's the fucking Catalina Wine Mixer. I'm missing that shit, man. (laughs) Oh, man. Uh, Yeah, I'm always available for autographs and pictures. I mean, we're getting back to normal, right? Remember there was a time when the pandemic first started where nobody was going to shake hands ever again? They were going to elbow. Yeah, elbow was going to be the new thing. And I'm glad that now that it's kind of winding down, at least here in New York, and we have, you know, for the most part, we're maskless now because everything's going well. uh, I'm glad to see that people actually went back to hugging and shaking hands. Yeah, I've actually been licking people on the face. I mean, when I meet them, I, I, uh, I think that's normal. That's that's how you greet I somebody. Call, that says I love you. I call shenanigans because I have not seen you lick Derek on the face yet. Well, so Doctor Derek has not been licked. <laughs> I haven't I been close like, enough to him yet. I feel like that's that's the true test of whether you're willing to do this or not. <laughs> But outside of that, I'm just saying, I'm, I'm just happy that everybody's bouncing back, and I hope everybody at home is. And if you're a father like myself, I hope you have a wonderful Father's Day tomorrow. Or if yes, you know, or spend, it with your, spend it with your fathers. Or if, if you don't have a father, remember, if you're a wrestling fan, Samoa Joe is all of our fathers. That's true. And if you didn't send him a card already, you fucking did not do your due diligence. So uh, with that being said, thank you guys. And, uh, yeah, I think we have a big guest. We do have a big guest. Because it's not the professor. No, the professor's still away at summer camp because that's where the professor's mom sent him because, uh, you know, he, he deserves it. That's he needs to learn. He needs to learn a lesson. Wait. He needs to get out there. Wait. Oh, I gave him. I I gave you what was happening at the professor's mom's house last night. Oh yeah. I, I meant yeah. to. I meant to give Who the professor. That's right. But it may or may not be on Patreon.com slash eight one two two productions. The other noises that came out of the professor's mom's bedroom when Mike C went over to visit. Yeah, it was. A, it was a beautiful evening. He had a clean, beautiful some evening. Uh, but in lieu of the professor this week, we brought back an old friend of the show. He is really uh, my my musical idol. Uh, he's the greatest performer I've ever seen, and um, he shaved his beard a little bit. He's nice and you know it's nice and trim. It's not big and burly like it used to be. So I'm a little disappointed in that. But uh, welcome back to our good friend, the Maestro. Thank you, thank you, thank you. No, seriously, stop. No, like you can, yeah, just. Now, you might think that that was from the soundboard. It's not. We actually have a live studio audience this week. We're on the set of Cheers, actually. <laughs> so. Sometimes you want to go where everybody knows your name. Exactly. <laughs> so, welcome back, buddy. Well, I, this is I, only I, the third time I've I'm seen really, you in a year and a half. I'm so. really glad I came. So Yeah, yeah. yeah that's what she said. Hey, everybody's in, everybody's in, uh, in, 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 in person now. That's good. I, like I know. Yeah. Last I time know. I chatted with you gentlemen, it was over the phones. Yeah? So, that's true. That's right. It's that's good true. to be in person. You, you uh, I, I just want to thank you once again. You and your lovely, uh, whatever we want to call her, wifey. She's not, she's not 
legally, well, I think legally at this point, you know, she's forced to keep you. But uh, you guys had me over for dinner a couple weeks ago. It was it was lovely. It was delicious. It had speedies. Yes. It was, yes. It was great. We, we, we fed for you those speedies. Of you, for those of you that don't know what speedies are, you're missing out. Mm-hmm. You're missing out. That's uh, that's an upstate New York uh, tradition here. Especially if you feed them individually to Mike C. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. Slowly. One at a time. Like grapes? It was like grapes. Like, like grapes. Like, yeah. a, a, as you gaze lovingly into his eyes. His girlfriend oh. was actually the one that was doing that. He was the one that was there fanning me. So yes. it was beautiful. Yes. Um, was I thought it was more attractive when it was the other way around. You know what? There, there was no saving this scenario. But I will tell you, please stop wearing a toga to my house. <laughs> it's what was underneath the toga or wasn't. <laughs> That's the, the reason. Exactly. That's the reason. The, hence the, uh, the request. <laughs> Please and thank you. Absolutely. And also, start wearing pants to the studio. No. Like, no, I warned you guys I wasn't going to be wearing pants like ever again. Like, the pandemic's over, so... The, well, not over, but, you know, it's coming down into the, the bottom innings, uh, maybe, Late in the game. At least in the, state, at least in the state of New York. Yeah, let's hope it doesn't so, end up in extra innings. Hopefully, where you are is also coming down in no extra innings as well. But uh, with that being said, we have to go back to wearing pants and doing social things. Not me. <laughs> never. Never. He's fighting, he's fighting the urge to put the pants back on. <laughs> And unfortunately for us, we have to deal with it. That's what we do for you here at Horror Zone 607. But we have, uh, we have a little show for you. We got some cool stuff, like Mike said. So, you know what? I think it's time to get in the news. But, we, you know, we usually have a fun with song for the news, right? That's right. It is time for this week's horror news. And that, of course, Rich, why don't you tell us, uh, tell our listeners that, who this that is, is. This is Pinhead doing Man in the Box by The Merkins. If you guys aren't following them on YouTube, uh, The Merkins, just search them on YouTube. Booyakasha, they're right there. They do great parodies. If you haven't heard them already, they are the, the, the geniuses behind the Slash Street Boys. But they have uh, moved on to doing singles. Uh, so you have, uh, you know, LL Cool J's Mama Said Knock You Out by Jason. You have a lot of the hip-hop is actually done by Freddy Krueger. And, uh, and although... There's the Hotline Hustle song for uh, used to call me on my cell phone for screen or Ghostface. Uh, country music is covered by our good friend Leatherface, and of Makes course, sense. last but certainly not least, we have George Michael Myers singing nothing but the best hits. <laughs> Uh, over the next few weeks, maybe I'll play some more on the show, but uh, it, it's amazing. I do dig those guys, so please check them out and uh, support them. Absolutely. Well, let's get this started this week. So, uh, don't have a whole lot of news, but we got some cool things to talk about. Uh, American Horror Stories, Ryan Murphy seems to be all over the place these days, and uh, he is developing a new limited series for Netflix about the infamous Watcher House in New Jersey. And for those of you that don't know what that, do, do you guys know what the Watcher House is? Zero clues. So basically, uh, I know you know about this, uh, Maestro, because we were at work and we were actually reading about this. There was a house in New Jersey that a family bought, big house, and uh, they claimed that they started receiving letters by somebody that was calling himself the Watcher, and little by little, it escalated to the point where he was threatening them that if they moved in, he was going to murder them, he was going to murder their very young son, um, and it got to the point where they ended up moving out. And it was an upscale neighborhood. Uh, Many of the neighbors basically thought that they just didn't want to pay for it or wanted to get some sort of notoriety. But they ended up renting out the house because they could not sell it. And eventually the the tenants that were living there started getting letters from the watcher as well. Um, I do believe that it has finally sold and I haven't heard much about it since that point. But um, it was originally supposed to be a movie. 
And uh, Netflix kind of backtracked on that, and now it's going to be an actual series instead. And uh, starring in this series is going to be Naomi Watts and Bobby Cannavale. Because Naomi Watts is in everything. Yes, including Goodnight Mommy, yeah. the remake. Yes. Yeah. If you have a horror movie, horror show, you have to catch Naomi Watts. That's like rule number one. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. I think it's interesting. Uh, I don't know. Is this supposed to be some kind? Is this paranormal or is it just kind of like real life slasher fucking? Yeah, I don't know exactly where they're going to go with the story itself because nothing actually happened. It was just, you know, somebody was sending the if, if, if the story is true, you know, if it actually did happen, this family was being menaced by somebody that claims that his family, you know, used to go back like that. They had some sort of history with this home that this person's father and grandfather and whatnot have always watched over this house. Therefore, he called himself the watcher. So it's not just a clever name. No, and I don't think Keanu Reeves is going to be in this one either. He oh. should be. Yeah, he should, he be, should the be the watcher. He should be. Maybe or James Spader. Was James Spader in that movie? I think that was the one that Spader was in. Better yet. You know what he should be in? You know who should be? Honky Tonk Man. Oh, we all yeah. know he likes to watch. Yes, that's true. It's a true story. That but, is true. But still, I mean, I don't know. I, I, I think it's an interesting story, but it just sounds like some fucking crazy person or a bunch of high school kids who are like, hey, you know what would be real fun to do? Right. <laughs> like, I just think it's weird. It's kind of odd that they're going to spread this out over a series to me. Like, unless you start making shit up you know what i mean like which is not... what they do in these things uh, of course yeah, I you mean, should obviously. know that because you're a huge fan of the remake of the uh, amityville horror we are found you kidding out. me i i'm i'm a big fan of most of those movies um it's the only <laughs> movie i've ever seen uh, uh, amityville <laughs> four i think where somebody dies of tetanus oh yeah i didn't i didn't see that one i didn't oh. get around to that oh yet. you should the evil escapes um, now, my personal favorite was always Amityville. It's about time. That, that would be three. Is that the third? No, that's not the third one. That is the third movie. No, the third no. one is Amityville that's 3D. Five. Oh, no, that's five. About, it's about yeah. time is five. I, I only know this because I've been torturing myself with these movies lately. Yeah, he bought them all. <laughs> um, and not a box set because they don't have them. Is that? No, he's spending like $35 a piece for these movies. Yeah, well, you know. No, about time six? No, that's six. Is it six? Yeah. One of them is Patty Duke. Uh, yeah, that's four. Ah. Four has Patty Duke, but uh, it's is about it? time. Literally, is about time. It's about a clock. Yeah, like it's not, talk about not being a clock. Isn't Mickey Rooney in one of them too? Um, but the clock came from the house. Get it? Get it? Get it? <laughs> you get it? That's what's it basically happen. turned into Friday the Thirteenth the series, but it was an Amityville. But this is Amityville what's going to happen to this show. I, I I agree that I I think it would have been better as a movie because how do you really get traction for for weeks out of this instead of just an hour and a half and we're done? Yeah. Like that's that's they the question. Up with something. You know, the, you know what the best thing is? If they if they troll everybody and it's just one episode, it's like 30 minutes long. The the watcher writes the first note. Naomi Watts picks up her pen, fucking just writes on the same note and return to sender, but still writes on the same note. Fuck you, come in, come come see me, I'll fuck you up, clown. And mails it back. And that's the end of it. That's the end of the series. Plays a happy song at the end. You realize like... As her husband's scared though. Her uh, husband has yeah. to be scared. She's yeah. got to be the tough one. This is basically... The United States Postal Service in the movie. <laughs> yeah? Like, like, really. You may be onto something. you got to keep that to yourself. You can't oh, be sorry. giving that Never stuff mind. away for free. This is, I was totally, totally That's wrong. That's a $40 no. film okay, can we, special right there. Yeah, no, but seriously, go continue your thought, though. No, I, I mean, it, seriously, like, this entire thing consists of, in real life, people receiving notes, people receiving more notes, people getting increasingly more scared. And then leaving home. Now that sounds like me in middle school. <laughs> Seriously, like, like the, it's you know it doesn't sound. No, I I, I mean it's it's kind of it's it's a creepy story, you know it's if it's true it's unfortunate it happened and all that kind of thing but it's I like I don't know how you spread that over a series I just 
We'll see. Right. But that's like I said, though. My my first take when you were telling the story is like some high school kids in town were fucking bored. And they were just... And back then, it's not like you could just, you know, text or, or send a message on the internet. So back then, you had to do it via note. So you're just like, fuck it. What can we do? In hey, 2010? There's people... You can do it then. True. You're not going to get caught. You're, you're, you're going to get caught the other ways. But kids, it wasn't as rampant as now. Even in 2010, we didn't use our phones like as we do now. Like, I mean, you could access it on some of the other, uh, on some phones, but most people weren't in them like we are today. So you never know that. You don't know those people's Twitter handle. You can't at them, but you know their address. So you can just be like, fuck this. What can we do? Fuck with them. My opinion of the whole thing was they, they either were looking for some sort of publicity to sell the story for something like this, or they bought the house and didn't realize that they weren't going to be able to afford it. But and it, they came up with this, but you never know. I mean, maybe it is true. And it's a creepy story if it's if it, true. It is. But here's the thing. If it was the first option, they could have picked way better stories. True. Mm-hmm. Way better stories. Look at it. The Lutz is hit for the fucking fences, and they got <laughs> yeah. paid. We were just talking about it. Think exactly. about it. They, they swung for the fucking fences. Like, why wouldn't you just swing for the fences? Because every paranormal investigator in the, in the country, whether they're amateur or pro... I don't know the difference, but still, would be out there. <laughs> well, see, there's the minor knocking, leagues. but Yeah, but I'm just saying, they would be out there trying to film and record, and you know somebody would come up with something, because they always do. Yeah. yeah. Even if it's bullshit. And I'm not saying that everything that they, they research is bullshit, because you have to get like the, the couple honest groups to do it. But think about it. Somebody to try to make a name real quick would be like, oh, fuck yeah, we heard all sorts. Listen to this shit. Oh, we're still talking Amityville here, aren't we? Yeah, I mean, it's, well, not, it's not like you, it's not like you, got, you can sit there and like, you know. No, we're talking about at, this. Yeah, no. it's not like well, you, this wasn't paranormal, but... Well, well, that's, okay, that's what they should have done. Though. If they're gonna if they're gonna do it for fame, like what you were saying, that one of the accusations oh, come up is, with, yeah. why wouldn't you come up with a paranormal one? Because it works better. <laughs> yeah. if there's more money in it. You can't you can't sit there and call up uh, you know Ed and Lorraine and tell her, hey guys, I I received a Hallmark card. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah, trust me, like, you could have. <laughs> they could have made that into a, a Conjuring film. Heck yeah, good point. This may end up being part of the Conjuring universe before we're done. <laughs> the Watcher made us do it. Yeah, yeah, but but you know what I mean, though. My my point is, if you if swing for the fucking fences, don't just be like, hey, somebody sent us creepy notes because, like, the average person like myself, not even thinking about a horror movie or anything, I'm just gonna be like, oh, it's some fucking bored ass kids. Because that's what bored-ass kids do. And especially, like I said, 2010 wasn't... you got to remember, we made some... In the last 10 years, we made some leaps and bounds with the technology and everybody being reliant on their phones and you have to be tied to them. Back in 2010, people were still, like, doing dumb fucking shit, like ringing doorbells and running. Like, now... Because <laughs> there was no... That last think, about night. It, think about it. There was no ring cams back then. Now we got the ring cam. You can't... You, it, it, it did... Uh, you know, ring and dash is, is gone now with the ring cam. They ruin everything. It did. They ruin everything for but, us. But I would have swung for the fences because right now, what's a hot topic paranormal and there's a million paranormal shows and everybody wants the you know to be involved so make do what the lutzes did be like the walls were bleeding you know the door may or may not have had like a three-hour conversation with me about the economy <laughs> i don't I, I i'm just saying like i would have i would have said some great shit i'd have been like there was this little demon dude <laughs> like mind you like like and he told me he's full size but he's only like Literally two feet. Looked a lot like Tom like, Atkins. Like I sit here in my morning on my coffee, and he sits right here on this table, and we he he, he has a little cup of I'm assuming coffee because I don't know I never pour him any, and he just sits there. We chat about the world. It's great. I already want to see that more than I want to see the Watcher series. Exactly. Now we're in. Now now they can steal that idea. Somebody steal that. That's fine. Little <laughs> just give me a little credit. Just be like I heard the fat guy on Horror Zone six oh seven be like, hey, we should have a little demon talking to somebody in the morning and coffee. Guys, have you seen this week's the caffeine demon? <laughs> <laughs> but could you imagine? You could have told that story. More people would be like, oh, shit, that's crazy. Yeah. yeah. I want to go see the demon. <laughs> <laughs> well, the other big story that we got this week is MGM is bringing back Blackula. 
That's true. It's going to happen. It's going to be a modern reimagining of the 1972 film. It picks up where the 1973 sequel Scream Blackula Scream left off. And uh, we'll be set in a metropolitan city post-COVID. I only have one question. Is this a smart move in 2021 culture? Because remember, Blackula is a black exploitation film. Yeah, and I have a lot of friends who who love. Like I'm, I'm giving a shout out here, by the way. If you want to hear some fun, fun, great shit. Oh man, now you're knocking over microphones. Knocking over mics. Sorry, guys. But anyways, uh, our good friends over at uh, Home Video Hustle. It's a podcast. They it's, it's it's two dudes, and they they do a great job at like covering like old movies. They do a lot of black exploitation films because they're fans of the genre. And, and and don't you know it, it, it's good stuff, man. But I don't know if you can do that now. Like honestly, I just don't see you doing a, a full on. So you're going to have to do it completely different. But doesn't it lose some of its luster? You know, I um, I I have to say, I, I actually see something kind of cool about that first one, uh, in the sense that he's an interesting character. He kind of <laughs> respects people. He has like there's this this weird kind of for for being an exploitation film, there's like a there's a bent to it that I think has the potential for being a non exploitation kind of story, you know. I so I I don't know. I I think I, if they do it right, I don't think it's going to be an exploitation film. I think it's going to be more of you know focusing on him as a victim because he is in the original movie. You know, Dracula bites him and um and basically locks up his wife. And keeps, or I'm sorry, locks him up and takes his wife and uh, sort of damns him to this life. You know what I mean? So if there's a serious bet in there, and I, I think it's, uh, I think if they do it right, it's not going to come off as exploitive. Right, but I mean, there's some luster to that too. I mean, the history of black exploitation films, though, is it was black directors, black writers making films because they thought that they were something that would catch on. So it was actually kind of a power positive. We now think that they're exploitation films, but I mean. I don't know, man, because Shaft was pretty fucking awesome. And Black Eagle was basically, and yes, in the first movie it was a little different, but in the, by the second movie it was more like Shaft or Superfly meets Dracula. And that's fucking awesome because he was in, like, like Scream, if this is picking up where Scream Black Eagle Scream left off, Scream Black Eagle Scream, he was basically a pimp. And it was fucking awesome, though, because that's what I always envisioned Count Dracula to be. You're telling me Count Dracula wasn't a fucking ah. pimp? Like, look at Bella Lugosi is what we think about when we think about Dracula. Classically, man. Yeah. That motherfucker's straight pimp. He's got, the, he's got the cape. He's got the swag, as they would say nowadays. Got a top like, hat and a cane. So, like I said, there's a little, like, there's a little nod, and I understand now we call them black exploitation films. And, of course, uh, recently we've had the, I don't know if they get this treatment. I hope not, though. Although I did like Black Dynamite. I hope it doesn't get the Black Dynamite treatment where they're just kind of like, oh, we're just going to kind of spoof what we did in the past. So I, I kind of would like to see a serious film, as you pointed out, because I think you could go in a good way with that. But there's got to be a little something in there to give like people who actually like the genre. And like I said, my, my, my friend's Brent, uh, Brent over there at fucking Home Video Hustle, I mean, he's, he's a black dude who loves black exploitation films and educating people on them. And he's kind of always shocked that as a white guy, I know so much about those movies. But that's because I love I loved Superfly. I love Shaft. The Mac. Have you ever seen The Mac? If you haven't, you, nope. guys, you guys should check that out. Maybe we should do another podcast called, you know, M- Movies of the Past and Me. Like 70s movies. Talk nothing but 70s movies. Oh, man. Some, <laughs> of, the, some of them are real bad. <laughs> we could watch the Amityville Horror. Yeah, yeah. That, that is go. fit. There's some good ones there, but that, that, that fits. 
But yeah, I, I, I could see them going either way with it. Of course, like uh, you have the, the big one coming out with uh, uh, Candyman. Yes. And we got some more awesome fucking news from that. Like, not like news, but like... the yeah, like the, a little poster the, for it. A little poster it. for it. Kind of little images. Basically, the director saying it is what it's going to be. Like, <laughs> like I, I don't know how you guys think that it's going to be some kind of... Like, for those people who think it's not going to be a horror film, it's, it's a horror film. <laughs> like, there's going to be death. There's going to be blood. There's going to be gore. And I'm like, that's what I need. And there's going to be Tony Todd somewhere. Yes. Well, that, we know. That's everything we need in a horror film, really. But yeah. I love how she came out and said that, too, because she's like, everybody thinks that it's just a movie about a message. Yeah, there's a message, but it's, it's a fucking horror film. By the way, speaking of Tony Todd, uh, if you get a chance, I don't know if you guys have, have uh, seen it yet or not, but there's a new article up on Bloody Disgusting. Uh, it was an interview that they did with Tony Todd. What a, what a great... I love Tony Todd. That's a guy that I hope to meet someday at, at one of the cons or something, because what a... He's an interesting guy. He's a very intelligent guy, and man, does he know his movies. And he talks about it in there. He's not a fan of horror movies. He's a fan of movies. Yeah. And uh, he's actually doing some theater work. Uh, he's starring in something that's not far from here, so, somewhere outside the Pittsburgh area, but um, not terribly far. He said he's going to be within an hour of uh, New York City. So actually, it wouldn't be Pittsburgh. I, they never really said where it was going to be in the article that I saw, unless I missed it. But it'd be worth going to see. Yeah. So I'd see Tony Todd in anything. I'd, absolutely. I'd, you know. Uh, so moving on, uh, we've kind of been talking a little bit about uh, about the casting for the Toxic Avenger remake, and uh, it just got better in th- this past week because now added to the cast, among others, Elijah Wood. <sighs> I love it, Frodo fucking Baggins. Yeah, horror Look, icon. These he days. is a horror icon, maniac. Come on, maniac. Yeah, it's good stuff. It uh, no, the uh, he's done a lot of great stuff, man. Oh, yeah. Like I, I've I've been uh, following him. Like his 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 love for horror movies. I mean, he's in the front. Well, he's one of the people you hear about the front running all the time to remake Nightmare on Elm Street because he's one of the people who's like super wants it made. Like fucking, let's come up with an idea. But between like him and Jason Blum, it's it's kind of crazy. Yeah. But uh, I I'm I'm happy he's part of the cast. Of course, we talked about Kevin Bacon. Being part of the cast this week, yeah. I mean, they've got a big, good cast. I mean, it's not like they're treating it like a normal trauma flick, that's for sure. No, but once again, this it goes be the real deal. It goes back to like that uh, the the luster of it. I hope that there's still some of that there because I like. Believe it or not, I like trauma films. I like you know. It's, it's, so does the guy sitting right across from you. Who, who can decline? Who who can deny that Sergeant Kabuki Man isn't one of the greatest <laughs> movies of all time? Like, come on, man. How about Tromeo and Juliet? Wow. Um, has anybody seen House on Tombstone Hill? Yes. Oh, my God. <laughs> that might be the greatest movie in history. I mean, you don't get Possibly. any better than that. You know? Possibly. So, fuck you, Citizen Kane. I'm telling you. <laughs> it's House on Tombstone Hill. I just can't believe Lloyd Kaufman signed off on all this shit. I'm surprised, too. Yeah. You know? But like, he did. Like he, yeah. th- he's, he's all for it. But I, I just thought it was, I'm just like, wow, that's fucking weird. Because usually he's very like, no, this is my art. He's turned himself into a piece of art, even. Well, when you get Peter Dinklage, I mean, come on. Dude, Peter Dinklage is amazing. Absolutely. Don't you shit on Peter Dinklage. I'm not at all. I think it's amazing. That's why you sign off on it, because oh. you get Peter Dinklage involved. Well, Dude. yeah, I mean, he's, he's, he's major. Kevin Bacon's major. Elijah Wood now is major. Yeah. I mean, this isn't like... This isn't like your normal trauma film. This is a no, big budget. This is gonna be, yeah, yeah. But this is gonna be a real deal. When he sold the rights, they didn't pitch these guys because they weren't attached at the time. True. And and you can attach whoever you want when you're selling an idea to somebody. I could right now pitch a movie and be like, okay, I I see the star being George Clooney, and people are like, oh really? That's fucking amazing. George Clooney's like, fuck that. I ain't doing this movie ever, never. 
So, I mean, you you can't go by that for him when he sold the rights or licensed them, at least. I can right? only assume you're referring to Grizzly, too. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what I mean? Like, you can't Which just... Which I have seen. Yeah. yeah. Wow, he saw that one, though. It's been on Showtime or Cinemax or one of them recently. Stars, Epics, one of them. One of them. It's been on one of them. There's, there's too many damn channels. Mike, there Mike are. Sees, Mike sees old, and he wants the kids to get off his damn lawn. <laughs> He's trying to watch Grizzly 2 again. Yeah. <laughs> you kids, keep it down. Grizzly 2's on. I'm going to miss the best part. I'm going to miss three seconds of George Clooney. <laughs> well, wrapping up the news this week, we got kind of a little fun thing here to talk about. So for, for fans of the Friday the 13th series, and I hope you are if you're listening to this show, um, you probably know that the filming locations from Part 3, uh, it, was, it was filmed on an actual movie ranch in California. And the actual house that was in the movie burned down some people broke in there back in i think 2006 so about 15 years ago and started a fire in the fireplace that was not a real working fireplace and next thing they knew they burned down the higgins haven um also for people that have been there since or anybody that's watched videos you know that the lake the so-called lake in the film was just man-made and it's all dried up and the dock is all you know whatever there's, there's not much left of the place the only thing that's really still there is the barn well, uh, my favorite YouTube uh, filming location person uh, is a guy, his show is called Scott on Tape. And if you like watching uh, things about movie locations, Scott's the guy to watch. Uh, you know, check out his channel on, um, on YouTube. And by the way, I kind of had a little banter with him uh, on, on Twitter this past week. And uh, he kind of hinted that he was going to check out a show. So, Scott, if you're listening, thank you. I absolutely love watching your, your content. I told you that. But Damn, you um, tuned into the episode where we talked about Toxic Avenger. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> but um, he, he actually did a, a brief interview with the guy that uh, runs the place there. And the guy mentioned that they're actually going to be rebuilding Higgins Haven. They're going to be, they've got the blueprints for it. They're going to be rebuilding it in its exact spot. But that's not all. They're actually going to be rebuilding the lake and the dock and all of that. And he, he kind of mentions at the end of it, he goes, you know, we may actually have something with a movie involved here coming up. I, I can't say anything about that, he said. Uh, so Higgins Haven is coming back. The, the, the actual filming location from Friday the 13th is going to be legit again. It's going to be whole once again. Right on. I mean, I'm, I'm a fan of seeing that. Why not? Yeah, of course. I think it's a shame what happened to it. You know, I'm big about, you know, you and I have talked, Maestro, about this. You know how big I am on filming locations. It's just, it's a, I, I wish I could do what Scott does and some of these other guys do because, uh, you know, it's just, it, I don't know. There's something that fascinates me about it. And I've been to a couple, you know, places, but, um, but I would love to get out to California to see that. And I'm, I'm jealous that he got to see it. But this is big news. It, this makes me happy. This makes my heart happy. That's it. All right. And that's it for the news this week. Ooh, the news. And, uh, of course, when we leave the news, if you guys would like to comment on anything we talked about or just kind of say hello and uh, remind, you know, as a reminder, also, before we go to the social media, because this is part of social media, remember, you can send in any bad movie you want to review by the maestro, and he'll do that. That that offer has stood now for two, two years. years of this podcast. <laughs> Somebody take that offer up, because you guys, I think people think you're playing around, or maybe they just hear us talk about slacks. Well, if you want to see a review of all of the Amityville movies, he will do it. <laughs> Just name it. Yeah, exactly. There you go. But uh, with that being said, you know how you asked about that. You ask on Facebook, Horror Zone 607. Like and share the page. 
on Twitter and Instagram at HorrorZone607. Hashtag HZ607. Whatever you're talking about the show. And of course, uh, you can always go over to 8122productions.com. There you can find all the links and everything that I just mentioned, plus so much more and everything we do here at 8122productions. Plus, you can also join us on uh, twitch.tv slash podcast. You never know. Maybe the maestro will join us for one of the movie watch-alongs. We have a, a little bit of fun and uh, watch some movies and uh, talk about some horror movies. I know Lamageddon is the surefire in. Oh, we just haven't figured out your second part of the double feature. But I can tell you the first one coming up here in the near, the not-too-distant future is going to be Lamageddon and another movie. It's a double feature. but and it's it, going to be glorious. It'll be a lot of fun. We'll let you know about that. But you can do that right now. Follow twitch.tv slash 607podcast. We've got a ton of other things going up on there as well. And then not to mention, last but certainly not least, if you would like to get a ton of bonus content for a little, as little as $1, including Horror Zone 607 early and uncut, where we have a little bit of fun. You got to listen to a little bit more of the Merkins uh, this week as well. Uh, you can do that on patreon.com slash 8122productions. you got a ton of extra bonus content for as little as a dollar. And you can see the Return of Mike Cito. Love is scary with Dr. Derek and uh, we, Spooky Mike we, is we back. We eased him back in. We eased him back in, but uh, it's going to be only, a lot I've of only fun. taken 17 showers since Thursday. I'm, so. I'm sure, and, uh, but we had a lot of fun. With that being said, uh, patreon.com slash 8122productions. Mike, I believe you have a trivia question. That's right, and I'm excited for this one because we've been doing trivia questions kind of you know, based on the theme of the week and the month uh, for the last couple of months, and this week is no different, but there's a little wrinkle with this one. Up to this point, I've just asked straight-up trivia questions. This is monumental this week because this is the very first week that we've got a multiple-choice trivia question for the Horizon 607 Trivia Question of the Week. So, without further ado, here goes. John Carpenter not only wrote and directed Halloween, but he also scored the film. What was the name of the fictional orchestra Carpenter build, was billed as the composer? Once again, John Carpenter not only wrote and directed Halloween, but he also scored the film. What was the name of the fictional orchestra that Carpenter billed himself as for the composer? Choice A, the Kentucky Bluegrass Orchestra. Option B, the Louisville Voiceless Orchestra. C, the Bowling Green Philharmonic Orchestra. And D, the Southeastern Seven Philharmonic. The answer, coming up right after the break. Hey, it's Courtney Gaines, Malachi from Children of the Core, and you're listening to the Horror Zone 607. Welcome back to The Zone. That right there is the score 
from Insidious. Bringing us back in. Are you sure that's not just a cat in a blender? That's pretty much what it sounds like. I think that actually was one of the oh. outtakes from uh, Gremlins, believe it or not. So were they... Gremlin in a yeah. blender? Okay. Yeah, exactly. But uh, we are back, and it is time for the answer to this week's Horror Zone 607 trivia question. And again, this week, we did a little multiple choice for the first time ever. Uh, so here it goes. John Carpenter not only wrote and directed Halloween, but he also scored the film. What was the name of the fictional orchestra that Carpenter billed himself as, as composer? Was it A, the Kentucky Bluegrass Orchestra, B, the Louisville Voiceless Orchestra, C, the Bowling Green Philharmonic Orchestra, D, the Southeastern Seven Philharmonic, or actually there was an E, and I forgot to do it. I forgot to put it down. But E, the Haley Mills Tribute Band. Move this man! Just so the professor knows. Yeah, it's all him. We know. That's that's an honor of him not being here, being on camp this week. But on a serious note, the answer is C. That is correct. That is correct. It is the Bowling Green Philharmonic Orchestra. You know, I talk to uh, I, I talk to people occasionally in, in Bowling Green, Kentucky, and every time I talk to them, I always think about the Bowling Green Philharmonic. Yes, yes. Ironically you know, uh, enough, you could have put a, the Kenosha Kickers in there as well. The Kenosha Kickers, Kenosha Kickers. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, probably should have been in there, but I don't know. <laughs> now that I'm someday about, the Lone Rangers are going to score a film. But I was going to say, I, I just keep thinking about all the things we make fun of the professor for. Yeah, and obviously, actually, at this point, uh, the I, I found out after the fact, but the Maestro's actually now part of the uh the lone rangers the lone rangers not the kenosha kickers not though. the kenosha kickers no that's no, just the, not, not that good they were opening for them <laughs> and also you, you you were not also in the off-broadway uh human centipede play right yes human centipede in the park uh, from what we can understand I, can i can i plead the fifth on that one okay that's fine but the professor says he starred as the middle segment yes <laughs> it's true I and, don't know and, if you knew that or not. And he was brilliant. He was. He, and you know why? He should have got a goddamn you know Tony for that. Because his mom was on the set with him. That's you, why. You want to know why? Actually, because he listened to direction when he was told, feed her. He made it happen. <laughs> he did. That guy is a classically trained actor. Absolutely. But, uh, th- you know, we're, we're having too much fun at the expense of the professor. We need to get into something even more fun because guess what? We've all been waiting on bated breath for the finals of the la- Are you calling yourself? No. <laughs> okay. So anyways, uh, the finals of the top 10 best horror movie scores of all time. That's right. We have reached the pinnacle. The best of the best. The coup de gras. The top 10 horror movie scores of all time. And uh, did you want me to kind of go through and uh, update everybody with numbers 20, or excuse me, 30 through yeah, 11? Give them just a quick, remind just give a quick rundown. We... You guys kind of power through. All right. So once again, uh, number 30 was The Lords of Salem. 29 was Halloween 3. 28 was Trick or Treat. 27 was Christine. 26 was Suspiria, which I know is a favorite of uh, both the professor and the maestro. I got a big, uh, big uh, IM from you out of that one when you were listening to the show. Are you kidding me? Uh, 25 was Phantasm. 24, Hellraiser. 23, Night of the Living Dead. 22, Rosemary's Baby. 21, The House on Sorority Row. And then, of course, last week we did numbers 20 through 11. 20 was The Fog. 19, Friday the 13th, Part 3. Number 18, The Amityville Horror. Number 17 was Helen's Theme from Candyman. Number 16, The Texas Chainsaw Massacre. 15 was Poltergeist. Number 14 was Scream. Number 13 was Saw. Number 12 was Gremlins. And number 11 was Child's Play 2019. 
So Maestro, obviously uh, doing the Maestro thing. Do you have any problems? And I mean, we don't know his top ten yet. But do you have any problems with what you hear in that first uh, two segments, if you will? I don't. Actually, I was shocked by some of these. I'm not going to lie. Um, because, you know, uh, talking about things like Suspiria, you pointed that one out. You know, I know um, that one didn't quite connect with you. But that's such a classic uh, score. You know yeah. what I mean? Like the score obviously connected with you. Um, but I'll tell you, I, Lords of Salem, like, you know, you know, I, everyone here knows I'm a big Rob Zombie fan. I don't, I don't care. I'm going to die on that hill. Right. But, um, but I'll tell you, like, that's such a great score. Whatever you think of Rob Zombie, his scores tend to be pretty good, and that one is especially good. Um, but I, uh, I will tell you the one that really, really shocked me out of all of these. Friday the 13th Part 3. Really? <laughs> like, and, and I enjoyed I, that. I, I loved that you did we it. We were over I, here, like, dancing around. Well, that's we exactly it. Like, you know, like, I didn't expect the disco score. Um, you know, and who knows if Prom Night's in your top ten. But I didn't expect the uh, disco score <laughs> <laughs> to come up. And I'll, t- I'll tell you, I this is, like, a very interesting, cool... I, I, I can't argue with any of it. The only other one that surprised me a, a little bit, uh, and not because I disagree... The Child's Play remake. Oh, it's one of the greatest themes it's, ever. It's great. Um, I wanted it to be in my top ten, and I, I just I, couldn't I, fit it in there. You know, over the... And I don't know if the original's in there in, in the top ten. Maybe it is, maybe it isn't. But I, 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 I was surprised that you went remake. Not unpleasantly surprised, but just surprised. Yeah. That's something we talk about it all yeah. the time. That's one of the greatest scores. Oh, it's great. If nothing else comes from that film, people need to listen to that music. And, you know, it should resonate with them with all of the greats of all time. It, it is such a great score. I got to be honest. It's the reason I don't go full hog on shit on movies anymore. Yeah. Because <laughs> that's true. We went full hog we did on that, that bandwagon. And I'm really like, yeah. oh, man, that was good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Damn. And uh, just before we. the greatest, but it was good. Before we get to the top 10, I always like to do like the. the uh, the ones that just missed, you know, the ones that didn't quite make it. And we've heard a couple of them as they brought in, uh, as we've come into the segments. But uh, It Follows, Carrie, uh, The Thing. That one, it just takes a little too long to go, and it's a little too slow. So it, it just missed making the list. Um, of course, uh, Insidious, uh, barely, barely missed out. Taurus Trap. Has a good one. Oh yeah. Um, I do believe that April Fool's Day is actually a pretty good one too. There's some pretty cool music in there. So you know, there's some ones in there that just missed. Prince of Darkness, The Evil Dead, They Live. So there's a couple of them that could have made it, but they just quite weren't in the top ten. But we do finally have number ten for you. Kicking off the top 10, that is, of course, the legendary A Nightmare on Elm Street. I can't wait to hear it coming up in the remake, directed by Joe Hill, produced by Stephen King. Of course, Freddy's Dead. That's Freddy's Dead, yes. Yeah. The remake. The remake. It's coming in. And starring Peter Dinklage. Peter Dinklage, yes. We found out starring as Freddy Krueger. Yes. The cat's out of the bag completely. And, and honestly, if they don't bring back... Tom and Roseanne, it's, uh, I'm not going. Yeah. No, they, they, I think they, that's where they, they, they reconcile personally. I think they have to bring them in. I think it's contractually obligated. <laughs> Every time they do a Freddy's Dead, they need the ex-Mr. and Mrs. Yeah. Arnold. Yes. And Johnny Depp doing the don't 
don't do drugs <laughs> commercial. Don't do so. drugs, yeah. Yeah. Breckenmeyer. Breckenmeyer. Yeah. And they have to Bring they actually back. have to get that exact frying pan. Ah. I think they still have it, yeah. actually. Yeah. Yeah, somebody. I, I think that Johnny Depp might actually have it. That's what he makes breakfast. <laughs> but, with it, every day. but it is very iconic. You know the sound. You know what it is. You know yeah. where we're coming from. Absolutely. That's a good one. That was a good choice. The, yeah. That theme is awesome. I hope you like them all. I know you've you've really enjoyed this list I up have. to this, this point. Is, so this might be my favorite list of yours. All right, coming in at number nine. <laughs> Yes, you all know that one. That is one of the greatest horror movies ever made. That is the legendary Friday the 13th. You are super excited about this one. <laughs> oh, yeah. Are you kidding me? I, I love it. You know, it, it, to me, the, the theme is you couldn't have gotten a better theme. I mean, it, it completely owes more than a debt to Psycho. <laughs> and yet it's just like, Friday Thirteenth, which owes more than a, more and more than a debt to, you know, Halloween and other films, but it's so great because it it does stand on its own, like the Friday Thirteenth film, and it introduces the very iconic, you know, kill ma, yeah, uh, yeah. mommy stuff in there, right? So the the actual sound of the killer is in the soundtrack, which is uncommon, right? You know, I, I, I think it's... Yeah. It's so simple. It's so simple. so simple and so perfect. I think the only travesty is it doesn't make a full-on comeback in all of the movies. Like yeah. They don't, yeah. Have, they don't have it like... like the I first mean, couple elements, movies are similar, but they right, do expand right, right, right. on it, and it isn't the same. But I mean, yeah, but I'm just saying, like, it doesn't, like... And later down the line, they kind of even, like, forget about the majority of the actual theme. <laughs> right. Like, it's it's just kind of like, uh That's the only bad part, but I mean, it's so it's such a great theme. They could have stuck with it, i.e., like, Halloween stuck with it right. throughout pretty much all of the movies to sure. make sure it was in there. But it is the only series that had two songs in my top 30. That is true, because, I mean, the disco one has to be there. <laughs> of well, course, like, absolutely. It's, it's so good. It's so... It's yeah. so good, man. It is so good. So good. All right. Next up, we've got number eight. making me cringe just listening to it here that of course is the score for the movie the shining I, all of a sudden i thought i was at a paul bearer concert man <laughs> yeah. i'm like doom metal is back brother <laughs> uh no I, I, all, all, all jokes aside i love the shining and uh, it's a great song it's it, it gives you that gloomy uh, isolation desolation kind of like ominous tone that you need in in a, in a movie like that uh, whereas, you know, like when you're listening to like the Friday the 13th thing we were just listening to, it's a slasher film. People are being hunted. The upbeatness kind of gets you like your heart going this man. You're, you're trying to feel alone. You're trying to feel like, oh, man, I'm surviving by myself. You know, I, I think uh, almost everything that is on here have something 
in common in that they all have sort of a sense of place. I mean, obviously the best music is going to be I going to say they all should be in a horror movie. They should all be in a horror movie, yes. Every last one of them. You know, did you ever think of that? You should, <laughs> should, should, should start that. a podcast. Yeah, I was going to say, don't this. worry. He also has made the mistake of the podcast. You know? <laughs> <laughs> if only there was a place that we could yeah. put our ideas up on the internet, you know, like a <laughs> website. Were you a part of that? Like, like a website. I think you were there. You might have been there. I, for I, that. I it, was, it was hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> if only. If only we had a website. But, you know, what's, what's really cool about, uh, you know, uh, The Shining one is it is like sort of the the musical equivalent of being stuck in the snow like you know what i mean like yeah. you're, you're in a cabin you're snowed you're snowed in you're cut off from the rest of humanity and this is like that's the song that's playing in your head you know what i mean like it has that sense of place that just fits so perfectly and i'll tell you what when uh, you ha- i know you haven't seen doctor sleep yet but when mm-hmm. that music hits and doctor sleep you get chills i'm sure you get chills I'm sure you're gonna love that movie. I know you are. I can't wait. It is a perfect way, without giving. I don't want to give it away where it's in the movie, but because of how it does, if you if you've never seen, it, you don't want to spoil where it ends up coming in, and you've waited. And it's like the anticipation, the anticipation, and then when it hits, you're like, okay, the anticipation's over. So it's a good release. It's like that yeah. pop, that's perfect pop. I do like it in Doctor Sleep a lot because of that. All right, moving on to number seven. So we basically went from a Paul Bearer concert to a ghost concert. Yes, that's actually my father and I singing at church last Sunday. Beautiful, beautiful. So, but continue on because this is a great song. <laughs> yes, it really is. And that it's not me and my father singing at church, but that is the music from the legendary, in my opinion, one of the great horror movies ever made. Very underrated, too, but one of the greatest of all time, The Omen. Perfect. Oh, right. God, yeah. You can't. Do a list like this and not have the. Omen it surprises on it. me when people make top whatever list and the Omen isn't in it or, or is like way down in it because it's such a great movie. I mean, it's one of those rare things too. Like it was critically uh, acclaimed. You know what I mean? It's it's a horror movie and horror fans love it, but you know, you know, critics actually enjoyed that score. You know, so I I, I think that what's cool about the Omen uh, is that. It's another sense of just fitting it so perfectly. You know what I mean? You can, right. you know, certain, there are scores that are just passable, right? right? Like, you know, it's not that they don't fit. They're just, they do what they do. You right. Know? But then there's scores that just are almost a character in the movie. Right. You know, and sense of place. You've got the, the church feel of that, you know, and spinning the church feel, you know, into satanic right meaning you know i mean it's 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 a brilliant score right well speaking of satanic next up <laughs> is number 6 ah uh, that's right we're bringing back a favorite from a couple weeks ago you heard this as part of the trivia question. Actually, I think it might have been more on... Uh, it was for patrons. It was for it was... patrons, but we did ask about this. This, yes. of course, is Tubular Bells from the one movie that I cannot watch and never will watch again because it's the only one that frightens me. And Care that Bears is... 2. What? Care Bears 2. The Squeakwell. Yes, that's correct. But no. No, it's, of course, The Exorcist. Part 2, The Heretic. No. You, you shut your mouth. No. You shut your mouth. 
that movie is <laughs> do not speak do not speak evil in this room <laughs> I will allow a lot of things but no exorcist I just got thrown out of the studio you know you know the Wayne's World uh, in the movie where it's like no stairway yeah there's gonna be a sign, be a sign. as of next week because of Mike right by the door it says no exorcist 2 no heretic <laughs> denied no, denied but James Earl Jones was a he was a grasshopper yeah but can we also talk about Richard Burton just drunk running through you know walking around going Pazuzu Pazuzu I'm convinced the only reason he kept saying Pazuzu over and over it was the only fucking word he could remember to say in that scene <laughs> but going back to The Exorcist yes one of the greatest horror movies of all time uh, Mike C has nightmares about it to this day so I should tell you all you need to know alright next up we're hitting the top five here the top five this is the biggest of the big this is bigger than ten through six this is the top five but you already know that you already know that because that's what the top five are. So without further ado. Oh yes, you can say whatever you want about this one being a comedy, but it's based on a horror movie. It's very much a horror movie with a comedy. It's actually a comedy, but it's a horror comedy. And one of the greatest films ever made, not just horror movies, not just comedies, just movies in general. That, of course, is Mel Brooks' Young Frankenstein. Young Frankenstein. 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 Frau Blucher. <laughs> I wish we had a horse. That was a, that was my best. That horse, was your by best horse. Yeah, that sucked. By the way, this this may this may come as a shock. I can't imitate a horse. Um, I thought you did great. Thanks. You did better than me because I wasn't even going to try. <laughs> <laughs> this is this is a surprising one. I, I you know I didn't really think about it from the perspective of you know horror. Uh, from a musical perspective. No, I, I consider it a, in yeah, the horror, horror comedy. Canon, but uh, yeah, horror comedies are horror uh, to me at least. Uh, but you know musically you're right it's great it's got that really cool classic score but it you know is there a more perfect movie ever made than this uh, house <laughs> on tombstone hill we yeah. that. <laughs> that's right we talked about that earlier yes. but but yeah Call, good callback good callback yeah, but yes it's, it's, it's a blog deserves nice it's a nice uh, score all right next up number four can't convince me the swan lake is a horror song it I, is i was pretty sure this was the harry potter theme no no this of course is the music from the movie the notebook oh, oh that's no. right the greatest horror movie ever made the notebook that's true or dracula one or the other i think it may actually be dracula ah it is dracula of course uh, going with the old school Dracula. Absolutely. Some Bella Lugosi action. Absolutely. Uh, and one another. of the greatest of all time. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's a good song. I mean, obviously, because it is it is from Swan Lake. It's the name of the song. Even. Yes. But uh, it, it's, it's a nice way to use it. It's a good way to use a song that was known for something else, especially popular in that time uh, when the movie came out, and put it into a darker light. And I thought it was really good. I think, I think it uses it. it 
everything about the atmosphere of that movie falls into it. It is a love story at the end of the day. Yes, it so, is. I mean, it works out. And of all those Universal movies, when I, I mean, actually, Maestro, you let me borrow all of your DVDs a few years back, and that's when I watched them, because I hadn't seen any of these up until, I don't know, five, six years ago. Mm-hmm. And um, of all of them, that was actually, I thought Frankenstein was going to be my favorite. Dracula, I'm not big in vampire movies. That was my favorite one of all of them. Yeah, I'm, uh, you know... I, I, I do get slightly annoyed by the disrespect Lugosi gets, you know, uh, you know, it's because I'm, you know, a geek. But, you know, he's because he he actually genuinely was a really great, charismatic actor. And he was not one note like people like to pretend he was. Um, but he, you know, what it's such an iconic performance. It's such a great um, the film is is better made than it gets credit for and that and truthfully that's that was a cool choice because that song really it doesn't matter that it was you know whether or not it was written for the the movie it was it sets the tone it's what all these are doing so all right well that's going to bring us to the top three we're almost there so here comes number three Now, yes, there it is. That, of course, is the theme from The Notebook. <laughs> Two, The Revenge. Hey, we already heard this theme. It's, it's just a Friday the 13th theme, damn it. <laughs> More or less. <laughs> no, I'm joking. But no, it's not. It is, of course, Psycho. You didn't go with the uh, the standard <laughs> sound effect. Although this part does work out nicely. But uh, we, we made it to the part where you can recognize it. But yes, and now you can see what the maestro was saying, how you borrow a lot for a Friday the 13th theme. It literally almost is the same damn theme. Like just Very set, similar. Just subtle differences. <laughs> I like to think the Psycho borrowed it from Friday the 13th. But Psycho knew Friday the 13th they knew. was coming out. 20 so years they, earlier, they so knew. They, they their di- their, their yeah. director and composer both got into a time machine. They found out. They went back in time. Hopped right into the DeLorean. I Absolutely. Would, I would kill to see Alfred Hitchcock's Friday so that, the 13th, by the so way. So, by the way, that's that <laughs> number, two on, number two on the list will be Huey Lewis in the News back in time. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> it may not be that, but we are to the top two. Do you think you know what they are? Have you narrowed them down? Well, here comes number two. Yes, that is one of the most legendary scores of them all. And for those of you that know me personally, you're probably shocked that I've got this at number two and not at number one. But at number two is, of course, the Haley Mills tribute band playing the theme from Halloween. Epic. Epic. That's that's what you go with. That's just it's epic. There's no there's no need to go further. That 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 what is one of the greatest scores, not just in horror movies of all time. Like it's it's recognizable instantly. Yeah. As soon as you hear it, you know exactly. It's my ringtone on my phone and has been for over a decade. So it's my doorbell ring. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I heard that when I showed up at your house. So <laughs> what? What? Can you imagine how the mailman feels? <laughs> exactly. Is that Michael's here? Shit. <laughs> Just drop the package and run. Well, that's it. We've finally reached the tip of the iceberg, the top, the number one horror movie score of all time. The Titanic theme? Thank you. 
Yes, if you don't know what that is, then you lose your horror card instantly. Because that is the greatest horror movie score ever composed. That is Jaws. When you talk about instantly recognizable. Instantly recognizable. Not only is it instantly recognizable, though, this song is partially responsible for scaring millions out of the ocean for the rest of their lives. Right here. <laughs> Diesel's with you as well. Yep. Think about that. This song, because in, in the perfect twist, this is this is a stalker film. This is a slasher film. Oh, yeah. If you think about it, and, and you got it, the shark is chasing, and that's what leads you into it. And then they dull you with that, like, midway through, if we kept playing, you hear this, and it gets even lighter, and yep. it's all nice, and it's pristine, and then it goes right back into the deep end. Yeah. Uh, Menacing. It's a, great, it's, a great, it's a great song, great soundtrack. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. So that's it. We have reached the top of the list. Maestro, what do you think? Now that it's complete, what do you think? Great list. I mean, the, you know, it, there's... You've hit all the essentials. You got some surprises. You know, it's... I mean... And, yeah, Jaws, I mean... <laughs> you can't... I, I don't think there really would have been a better answer at number one. Because it's the one everybody knows. I like the um, the story about uh, John Williams playing that for Steven Spielberg on the first time. And just sort of pounding the two notes on the piano. And Spielberg going, yeah, that's funny but really what do you got for me <laughs> you know what i mean like it's um imagine if he changed it and it became something else and we uh, got deprived of that well you know it, it the genius of that is it's so simple it's so memorable and you know and it builds and it gets more complex as the, the piece goes on but it's just you know some sometimes simplicity is just so effective and right you know, it, 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 some, there's some primal about it yeah. yeah like i said it's the most menacing one of them all if you think about it, it's kind of like a heartbeat and yeah, it's like, yeah. and, it, and it gets faster. And as you get, as, as you get more scared, as you get more terrified, it's faster and faster and faster. And then it climaxes. And it, it's it's one of those things that's just kind of primal. It sticks with you. It was perfect for the movie, the atmosphere, the setting, the chase. This is a this is a good chase song because, like I said, it builds. Yeah. So as your anticipation builds, and right as something happens, you crescendo. It's it's perfect. And I think that's where you get a lot of other songs, especially on the list, were built from that song. Yep. And we're built from the dynamic of let's start off here and we build into the, the crescendo as the, the pursuit continues. Right. So it, think about it. It's a template pretty much for most, and not just horror movies, most scores, period. Right. Agreed. Yeah. So, so kudos. Kudos. Amazing song. Great list, by the way, Mike. Thank you. I appreciate Excellent. that. If anybody would like to give their comments or opinions on it, you can hit us up on the Facebook Horrorzone 607. Like and share the page. We're on Twitter and Instagram as well, at Horrorzone 607. Hashtag HZ607 whenever talking about the show. Of course, 8122productions.com will give you all the information, including friends of the show, including local sponsors, including the links to uh, twitch.tv slash 607 podcast, and of course, the Patreon link, patreon.com slash 8122productions, where we do a little bit of bonus stuff, and you can help support the shows monetarily for as little as $1 a month. Uh, of course, uh, you know what, Mike? That's all I got for the folks this week. It's time for you to take them off! Home. All right. Well, I want to thank you listeners t for tuning in each and every week. I hope you did enjoy the countdown. Hit us up on social media. Let us know what you think. If you disagree with any of them, uh, if you agree with them, if there's something else that I missed that I should have put in there. Uh, of course, next week we'll be back talking and uh, you know, bringing you the biggest news of the week. And uh, we're going to actually start that countdown all over again from number 30. And uh, we're going to do one song per week until we get to the top. So we're going to do it all over again next week. Well, maybe not. But, uh, you know, you can imagine. No. <laughs> We can't imagine. You can't imagine? No. no. Can't. <laughs> well, I do want to thank the uh, the maestro for stopping by this week. It's a pleasure to see you as always. 
Always a pleasure. Thank you, guys. I'm going to stop over your house and have some more speedies when we get done with this, and by yes, the way. Yes, I, I will feed you. I did hear that in one of the previous uh, episodes that I was feeding you like a bird. Yes, and, and I you appreciate promised, that. You promised that you wouldn't tell people that. Yeah, it's too late. Cat's out of the bag now. Damn well, it. Diesel also has now said that he will also baby birds you. We yes. Got that, we got that on authority <laughs> yes, from that. Yes, that's true. You guys can take turns. You know, it's, uh, that's my lifelong you like, goal. You like to mix the baby <laughs> You better <birds>. believe it. <laughs> you better believe it. be baby birded by two people at once. <laughs> I mean, one person's there's one a fetish somewhere in one, there. Yeah. One, one person is one thing. Two takes it to a yeah. whole other level. Yep. So, uh, Rich, as always, thank you for all your hard work. Uh, for those of you that uh, are listening, you're not going to hear the <laughs> some of the mistakes that <laughs> we had in this week's episode. <laughs> that uh, Rich is going to put in some hard, some uh, some long hours uh, fixing because of because of my botch. So, so thank you, sir, for uh, for all you do. And uh, once again, thank you, listeners, for tuning in each and every week. We will be back at it next week. So until then, for the maestro, for Rich, for the professor's mom, I'm Mike C. saying see ya. Thank you.